The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are you ready? It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 245 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I have a real treat in my discussion with Caleb Tussot about a great indie comic called Alter Life, number one. He's also got a Kickstarter going on with another book called Zed. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, that Kickstarter has successfully completed and he's moving ahead with that. But most of the focus of this interview will be on Alter Life number one, which has a really fascinating sci-fi concept and grabbed me really strongly at the recent Wizard World Chicago convention. We talk about where the idea came from. We talk about how he got the team together and his background in film and how that has helped him some in making this comic happen. We also discuss what the future might hold and ways that you can keep in touch with what he's doing through Facebook. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to. So let's get on with the show. alter life. Imagine, if you will, that all possible worlds exist and that they are just as real as the world we live in. If one's consciousness was able at the time of death to suddenly escape one world and enter another, true death would only come at the moment all of those worlds cease to exist. Alter life is a way to experience those other lives. It is a way to put a stopper in death to extend one's existence beyond what we know as life. It is the only way to keep living, to stay in memory so that all may benefit from any singular existence. We have the answer to the question, what comes after life? Nothing without alter life. Alter life is the story of a man's tragic life that is forever changed when he discovers he can enter his parallel existences. This is a tale of love and redemption, and every man learning to live with past regrets and use his newfound power to bring meaning to his existences. Jake has the chance to find the perfect existence, become a hero, or sink to the lowest depths of humanity. Throughout his quest, he will attempt to recover his lost family, and he will find that the world he lives in is not what it seems. 
a startling discovery will turn everything upside down and send him on a perilous journey for the truth. It's great to welcome to the podcast Caleb Tussot, the creator of a great comic that I discovered at Wizard World Chicago called Alter Life Number One. He's got another book called Zed out as well. So, Caleb, you're on the uh, on the rise here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what Alter Life is about so people can know? Oh well, thanks for having me first of all. And uh, uh, Alter Life is kind of the story of a guy who's been struggling with his life and he kind of gets comes to the end of his rope and he loses his wife and child in a tragic accident and then he decides that he's just gonna end it all and in that process he discovers that when he dies he doesn't actually die he jumps into an alternate version of himself or what he thinks is an alternate version of himself it's not quite clear at this point, but we're kind of exploring what this all means in this first issue. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, you had a successful Kickstarter to get this off the ground, which is great. You know, Kickstarters are way we're, ways we're getting new and wonderful things out there, so we can actually explore them instead of having to go yeah. through the big comics companies and stuff like that. Where did the concept come from? Because this is a real sci-fi kind of concept to me, and of course, I'm always drawn to sci-fi concepts. And so this really grabbed me when yeah. I read it. Where did it come from? Where did you get the idea? Well, it's actually an idea that kind of came to me a long time ago. I think I was 18 years old, and I was on a trip across overseas in Paris, and I just had a weird flash in my head that I was like, I thought, man, like I felt like something bad was going to happen, or like something bad should have happened, and that I might have died at that specific moment, but nothing actually happened to me. So I was like, what if I don't actually die? What if there's like something else, but really it's me just jumping into an- another consciousness <laughs> of my own. And it, I kind of been playing with that. Like I was going to make it a screenplay and it turned into this whole weird dream thing. And I didn't know what quite what, how to approach it. And then I decided that, comic books was like the perfect medium for this mm-hmm. so i just went for it hmm, very cool because as i said i love sci-fi are you into sci-fi as well is that do you oh enjoy yeah that? definitely okay. so this is kind of natural yeah. for you yeah i mean that's like the bread and butter of what i love uh it's as far as reading and uh watching movies uh i love anything that uh, plays with time travel or parallel worlds or you know portals to different dimensions and i i thought this was a cool way it's almost like it got an inception like quantum leap feel to it and like i, I those are two things that that i i grew up on uh quantum leap and mm-hmm. <laughs> i just want i wanted to do something unique kind of taking a few of those ideas and making a character that was very relatable and Mm -hmm. 
play with it. So, see, this is one of the reasons why I go to conventions these days is to find something original, something creative. <laughs> see, and and you know, as as I, I rant and rave about the big companies these days because it's, you know, you've always got to reset everything when you get to the end of a story because somebody else has got to pick it up. You know, Batman's always got to be <laughs> yeah. back where he, it was. Even Scott Snyder had to reset him after a, he put uh, Commissioner Gordon in the the bat suit. And so every major company has to do that. But so you don't have to do that. When I read your book, I have no idea where you're going with this, which I love. I mean, I, I, I'm so often sitting there going like, of course they're going to do this, and of course they're going to do that. <laughs> so when I read your book, I'm sitting there going like, I don't know what he's going to do, So which I really <laughs> like. And see, to me, that as a longtime comics reader, that's just a wonderful thing. I just I, I treasure oh, that. Oh, that's I great. Yeah, I love that I got that reaction out of you. That's exactly what I was going for with the first issue i wanted it to be uh 32 pages of someone just like what is going on and where is this gonna go and i i don't want you to know where it's gonna go because it's gonna be an awesome surprise when we get there but <laughs> mm-hmm. now talk to me about putting the book together uh how long you said it was a while that you were putting this thing together. How did you get the artist? How did you get the Kickstarter thing going? How long did this take for you to, to pull the whole project together? Well, here's the crazy thing. Once I was determined to do this thing, it didn't really take all that long to do. Hmm. Um, give yourself some determination to break out of your shell, and you can do it. Um, last year, I went to Wizard World, and... I was inspired by some panels that I went to that there were people talking about starting over, getting into different aspects of their creative careers. And I was like, well, you know what? I keep broaching this idea of doing comic books. I'm just going to go do it. And like, I went home with full of inspiration and I wrote three different issue ones for three different story, three completely different comic books. Mm -hmm. And Ultra Life was one of them. Mm So I just took that and I was like, okay, now what? Ne- what's the next step? I need to find an artist. I posted to some uh, classified sites that have basically like freelancing artists that are looking for work. And I found people that were interested in my idea. Mm-hmm. I found Katrina Kunstman, who her artwork was just spectacular. And I was like, this is the artwork that I want for this book so i approached her and she just loved the idea and she was pretty much on board from the beginning like she was like would do my uh art my conceptual work for the kickstarter for cheap so we could get things rolling and you know with the promise of you will get paid you know page rate based on the kickstarter when we get through it and Mm -hmm amazingly enough people love the idea we threw it up on kickstarter in february i think or it was like early march this year and amazingly enough 30 days later we were fully funded so <laughs> how about that so this is your first yeah. one this is the first one right yeah wow how about this that is the first one so you were a newbie for all these good things was it was it, <laughs> yeah. was it was it tough to figure out the kickstarter thing because you know honestly there's a lot of people like you now you know kickstarter oh, yeah. there, there was a survey somebody did and they found out that like after marvel according to some statistical figurings that kickstarter.com is like the second publisher of comics 
Wow. In which I just, you know, and of course wow. when I see you, like, stuff like you're doing and, and the Kickstarter be- making it possible for you to do these things, I'm always encouraged. Yeah, it's amazing the people that you can find on there and the t- amazing talent that is uh, making great uh, stuff on there. I mean, I... I was not too intimidated by the process, mainly because I had worked in independent film a few years before that, and we did a huge Kickstarter for a horror film that mm. was like we were asking for thirty-five grand. Wow. So, compar- comparatively, I came into this with like you know looking for just under six grand. So it was like uh, that's not quite as daunting to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just want I made sure I had good content to give to people and you know kept marketing myself for 30 days. Yeah, yep. it's, <laughs> it's 30 days of torture, as one person described it to me. You you, you start off it well. Is. If it, if the first couple of days go real well, then all of a sudden there's a slowdown that happens after the initial burst and yeah. then you, you sit there and then of course every day you can't help it you're probably logging in and refreshing several times to see if anybody else has, has contributed to it and then you get yeah. to the end and then you start to sweat then you're starting to go oh, oh, yeah. we're going to make it we're going to make it because you know you've got to get your goal or else you don't get the money so, yeah you know, I that's you where I'm sitting now with yeah. my with my Z project we're like 30 some hours out and I'm still yeah. like 65 percent funded but i know there'll be more people Mm -hmm. that throw money in Mm -hmm. it's just the nature of people to wait till the last minute to do it so (laughs) see we should talk a little bit about that because unfortunately due to my schedule i'm driving up to the baltimore comic-con i had to record this you know earlier before the the kickstarter ended i did write a review of alter alter life you know i do that all the time that's one thing you probably run into i I, I either want to call it alter ego or afterlife and so i've got (laughs) everyone calls it afterlife and so everyone calls it afterlife. i'm always going to say this but i I wrote a review of it which i really and i talked about how much i really liked it i only had one quibble about it it was it wasn't that much it was about that i thought at some points the artwork was a little sketchy but you know, hey, you know it. it the, most of it fit the tone, I, and there's a lot of color, interesting choices that mm-hmm. I really like, and stuff like that. But you know what? It's in indie comics, you're not going to be able to get Neil Adams to draw for you. You know, I'm really sorry. That's that's rare mm-hmm. that that's going to happen. But I really love the book. I gave it high marks, you know, because I think it's just a terrific book, and I I, I hope people uh, can get into it. But right now, you've got your one. Of your, uh, was this another one of you? You said you wrote three treatments. Was this the other one, Zed? Was that another of your treatments? Zed was another one of the treatments and i came back to it after alter life uh thinking i was gonna have to do like major rewrites on it Mm -hmm. just because you put it down for so long and you come back to something you're like oh god what did i write like eight months ago Mm -hmm. but surprisingly enough i came back to it and i was like well this is pretty solid like it just needed a few little tweaks and it was good to go and I'm pretty excited about getting this one out too. It's it's a way different tone and it's like goofy and fun and I it still has a nice complexity underneath of everything, but uh it's definitely a fun ride. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. I, I've donated to it, and I'm looking forward to seeing that book. And I, I'm going to be real optimistic and, and say that by the time people are listening to this, you've been successful again, and you've gotten the, the the Kickstarter project fully funded, and good things are coming, and we can expect that. Now, of course, I have to ask at this point before we get back to all your life, that third treatment, is that another thing that's coming down the road as well? Um, My next plan is to bring 
alter life to a conclusion in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm going to try to do maybe an Indiegogo or something to just get as many issues or the full graphic novel like published by myself uh, next. And then maybe I'll go to the next one. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to try to get something completed mm-hmm. in a sense so you people aren't waiting for the next Alter Life every you know six months. Instead, mm-hmm. maybe we can get a nice you know conclusion to this mm-hmm. one storyline so once, once again you're doing something that's rare in comics conclusion <laughs> what the heck is a conclusion we never get a conclusion <laughs> i mean the x-men have gone on for like 40 years with no conclusions it just keeps rolling yeah. along and things just, and you know this is why i think the x-men are kind of fading right now is because it's hard for anybody to follow forever and never oh, get yeah. any kind of a satisfying conclusion so you know i'm hoping I, I'm, I'm trusting you to have a really good conclusion for this good thing but you brought up something that that I have to ask you: individual issues versus a trade. Are you talking about going Indiegogo and stuff? Are you talking about from here on out going trade? Are you going to go individual issues? How are you going to handle it from this point? Well, here's here's the thing: if I can get the full shebang funded through Indiegogo, mm-hmm. we'll do we'll do this as a trade. Okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it as a tiered thing so we can get something to people so they're not waiting so it's either going to be i'll have it where we'll have you we get this goal Mm -hmm. we'll do one issue we get this goal we'll do two issues Mm -hmm. until the five issue limited series is complete Mm -hmm. so we'll see how it goes that my plan is to try to do that like early next year probably Mm -hmm. um but uh I might do it earlier. It depends on how ambitious I'm feeling. <laughs> cool. Well, it's cool. It's great that you've got all this stuff going on. That's really interesting. And, of course, I have to remind myself, but when this post, it's going to be September. So you're talking <laughs> yeah. about early next year, and I'm going, early next year? It can't be that late. Wait a minute. It is September when this goes out. Yeah. So holy smoke. So you've got uh, good things to go. And, of course, you know, Zed coming along and this other project hopefully coming in. I, I just, I like what you're doing. And, you know, I don't mean to sound critical of uh, of the artist's work, of Katrina's work. I just, the first issue, some things always end a little bit bumpy. You've got to get it out there and you don't quite get everything exactly the way you'd like. I mean, there are some panels and stuff that I really loved. But there were mm-hmm. other ones that I thought were just a little sketchy. But, you know, I... It was just yeah. a great thing. It still yanked me in. I was in it and lost in it for a long time. And I can see that. That's That might be something that if we get a full trade mm-hmm. funded, I might take some of that money and we'll clean up mm-hmm. the first issue too. Mm-hmm. So that's my hope. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. And, you know, I'm really excited about getting this full story out because mm-hmm. you guys, you, you're going to be – floored by where this is going Tell so. <laughs> I, I love a good i love a good conclusion i love like, this is why i like trades oftentimes i'll buy books by people and they're all they have is a trade because at some point in the they're they're going to wrap things up they're going to come to some sort of a conclusion and as mm-hmm. i said i love a conclusion i these days god man. yeah well and here's the fun thing there will be a conclusion but alter life the world that i'm building with is mm-hmm. is definitely going to be available for coming back to with something else Mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely world building in Mm -hmm. a sense Mm -hmm. so i'm pretty excited about where where this will go Mm -hmm. so so does zed take place in the ultra life universe 
no, not really, and not intentionally. I guess I could. There's ways I could <laughs> play with it, but uh, at this point, it's not really on the radar for being in the same world. Okay. But well, you know, hey, you get to build more than one world. Is the great thing about the way you're mm. doing things, all that kind of. Yeah. Fun. The, the thing I'm I'm noticing as I talk with you is how much fun you're having with this. It just sounds like you're having a lot of fun putting all this together, and this is a, a love of yours that you're actually getting to do, which not many people get to do, you know, is to enjoy their passions. And, you know, I, I have to congratulate you on jumping into this and doing this and making it happen and going well, to Wizard you. World. You know, you go to Wizard World and get a booth. Was that your first booth at a, a comic convention? That was my first convention. See, Indeed, the, yes. See, the thing of it is, is not many people can make all this stuff happen. You know, I, I help yeah. out with other indie comics, and I do stuff on, like I said, I'm going to Baltimore because I can be in a booth with my, my roommate who has an, alter, uh, an indie comic. And so the thing we're doing is it's just kind of an interesting experience to go through that. But, you know, that first one is hard. You know, you get in there. It was it intimidating. It was definitely intimidating. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to Corey Smith, the artist, and he's just racking in people left and right. And I'm like uh, just trying to grab a guy to say, hey, look at my comic book. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it actually went really, really well. And I like sold like 30 issues of Alter Life to random people that had no idea that it existed so i call that a success of course so. <laughs> of course don't don't expect you're gonna just set the world on fire with the first one there was a oh no a comic i i ran into down in my in miami at florida supercon they were at a booth right across from us and it was called dark beach and i'd never heard of it before but it was a guy in miami was putting this thing together and when i read it it was it was something along the lines of what you're doing it was a sci-fi concept but very different from yours it was all about the earth was had moved out of orbit from the sun and this guy it was it was actually sort of a crime slash sci-fi comic it was just interesting stuff huh. never seen it before and so i interviewed him he was on the podcast too and it was just a great book it's called dark beach if you ever get a chance to look into it nice. See, what I, the, sounds great but this taps into something that is a big thing to me is indie comics need all the love and support that you, you guys can get because you're making good stuff it's just so hard to get the word out you know how do you get people mm-hmm. to as you're saying you're standing at this convention you know there's there's one Leah you know nothing against her but she wrote a book and what she does whenever somebody walks by she holds the book out way across the table in front of the person's face and says I made this she goes and you know it's a little off-putting on some levels because you know yeah. is she handing that book to me is she giving it to me you know of course she wants you to buy it but so I think that what you're doing is is Put the product out there. Let people see it. You know, keep massaging your presentation and, and make it get better mm-hmm. and better as you go along. Because we had this, like, the book that I'm, I'm helping with is called Stabity Bunny. And the, we came up with this presentation. We say it, it t- takes place, in, in our minds, at the intersection of Nightmare on Elm Street and Sesame Street. And that has gotten so much reaction. We didn't start out with it. It came months after it. You know, the guy who created yeah. it said, hey, man, I've got this idea. Let's try this. And it has worked really well because if somebody's not going to like it, we're going to know right away they're not going to like it. But if they're going to like yeah. it, see, you're, you're develop your presentation along that same way. You'll develop things and you'll get things moving and it'll just get better and better as you go along. Uh, was another thing I discovered there too. Uh, there was a there's a company apparently, and I'm trying to research this. There's a that, that is 
distributing indie comics to like 18 states so far. You know, Diamond is a tough nut to crack, I've got to say. My roommate went through a bunch of stuff with it, and they have started turning down things left and right at Diamond, which makes it really yeah. tough. If you have, luckily, yours is not a superhero or super team book because flat out they reject you. What <laughs> goes on? So yours is more of a fantasy, sci-fi kind of thing, which is more likely to get it. But then on the other hand, you're not going to draw the superhero fans to buy it. Yeah. So this is this is a really strange thing. So when I heard this company was actually in 18 states getting into local stores and distributing indie comics. God, I was real excited because like stuff like yours, you might be able to get it out and actually get some money made with this so you can go forward without necessarily having to do Kickstarters. Oh, God, yeah. That's so, the dream, right? Yeah. So you don't have to do these crowdfunding campaigns every few you months. You don't have to have the heart attacks that happens every time you do these <laughs> God, things, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm looking into that. I'm If I find out more about it, I'm going to support these guys 100% because I want books like yours to be able to get into stores. Yeah, I would much rather that the, the marketplace decide this than a group in northern Maryland. There's only, I don't know how many people it is, four or five, and they sit around and decide what's going to go in the stores or not. And I just don't like that. I, I would much rather that we get to decide that. So uh, that's, yeah. that's, anyway, that's, that's a big thing on my, my plate these days. But well, that sounds we, great. Why don't we get into the book itself and talk about – I'm interested about Jake. A lot of times I've talked to people and – they draw from things they know, like, for example, David Peterson, who does Mouse Guard. He has all these characters, little mice that are sort of like, uh, I, I thought they were Knights of the Round Table. But when I asked him who he based the characters on, it turned out they were him and his friends. <laughs> I thought for sure they were, because they're all going around carrying swords and stuff like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, they've got to be King Arthur or something. But no, he was drawing from things he knew, and he knew his friends. And so I have yeah. to ask: Is Jake somewhat autobiographical? Is this? Do you? I kind would of see say yes. Okay. Um, Jake is very—he's kind of a mixture of pop culture characters that I love and my own personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if you are familiar with High Fidelity, but mm-hmm. the main character there is mm-hmm. between him and me. That's Jake. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to I'm, I like to play with pop culture. I went to school studying pop culture and like the meanings behind comic books and movies and music, and mm-hmm. so I like to kind of play with all that inside the writing too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I the alter life character and storyline very much based on my past decade of living and feeling trapped in a nine to five job and, uh, you know, needing that release and maybe a way to get out. And I think this jump to a parallel existence was maybe some Mm -hmm. desire of mine Mm -hmm. (laughs) on some level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you could find the perfect existence, that'd be pretty appealing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and of course, one of the things my roommate and I got into a big discussion about when we read the book was when he jumps from one universe to a different one, is he killing the Jake in that other universe? And that may be something you don't want to answer at this point because we, we've only seen the first issue. But it was fun that we got into this big discussion about, well, is he killing this person? Why He should hate himself for doing that and all this stuff. We got into a big 
d- debate about yeah. it. Yeah. And I love that whole business because, see, that's what good science fiction does. It gets you thinking and makes you Definitely. come into this stuff. So I don't know if you want to answer that now. I don't know. You know, it, it, Is this something that well, will be answered in the future? Something oh, to think it'll, about? it'll be answered uh, eventually. Uh, I can i'm comfortable at least saying that uh you know he wants what he wants and he's willing to do whatever it takes to get it Mm -hmm. so um maybe it doesn't matter to him so much Mm -hmm. he's maybe he thinks these other things aren't real at this point Mm -hmm. he's not quite sure what is going on so he might not be too concerned about the repercussions okay. you know okay so that's something we might see in the future so that's something you that definitely it will definitely be revealed at some point what is going on uh and what repercussions it will all have mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> i have to say he does some things jake does at some points that i really was like i thought gosh i would never do something like that question how do you know until you get in a situation he actually pulls a gun on a couple in a subway and they don't have any money, and they try to give them their phones and stuff. And I, I, I sat there, I thought, gosh, that's a, he may not be such a good guy after all. But, you know, <laughs> well, we don't know that. See, he's going from place to place, from universe to universe, and things are very mm-hmm. different when he goes. You know, the, maybe the Jake in that universe is a very different Jake. Maybe he is more inclined towards criminal things and stuff like that. So, see, this is the wonderful thing about this is is we don't exactly know what you've got in mind. But the greatest thing is somebody has a, a floor plan as to where we're going to end up. Because, mm-hmm. see, as I read the book, I got this real sense that, okay, he's doing these things because he needs to move us in a certain direction at certain times so that when we get to other places, we'll know what you've got in mind. And that's what I really yeah. liked about it. We'll definitely see. We'll definitely come back to some of these instances that happen throughout the story and see them from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. So I'm comfortable telling you that vague (laughs) idea, Mm -hmm. but uh, it you'll we'll come back to it with a different perspective, and you'll be seeing all of this for the first time again, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's one thing that happens about two thirds of the way through the book in which we see this sort of a black tree. And I don't want to talk mm-hmm. too much about it because I've got a <laughs> feeling that this is a this is one of those uh, important parts of the foundation of the story. And so I sat there and I and I watched some of the things and some unexpected things happened at that place. And I was like, boy, I'm going to have to keep reading this so I can find out what this is. Because some very interesting things take place at that point, and I would never spoil it because I really want people to, to get the book and buy it. Yes. But That's it's one of my favorite moments in this first issue because really? Katrina pulled that out of my brain somehow and drew it perfectly what as I'm, I imagined it without me giving her too much description. And I was floored, and I was just like, there's something... Like I need to keep telling the story because somehow this artist is in my head. So, wow. isn't that the greatest thing? Because I haven't worked with somebody who, he's a writer, and of course he gets an artist, and when he's it, every time he gets like a new page, it's like Christmas. He's, he's looking at it, going like, oh, oh wow, look at that. That's a great. Especially if if you guys are on the same page. It's just yeah, like I the, love you're, it. You're your artist, when you get a new page, all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, and when it exceeds your expectations, how wonderful that is. Uh, it's so great. Yeah, I, I I have 
I'm like sitting there waiting. She's she'll tell me, oh, I'll have another page done in the next day or two. I'm like, that's too vague. You need to send the <laughs> next. You need to tell me when the next one's coming because I'm excited to see mm-hmm. how my story is going to be told. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's Very definitely cool. a fun aspect of this creative process. I like the way you end the first issue, and of course, again, I won't spoil it here, but let's just say that something interesting happens towards the end there and I, I mm-hmm. there's nothing better it's the Jeff Johns school of writing you get to the last panel you do something that's kind of unexpected and it makes you want to come back to the next issue and I, I don't know if you're because he's also a filmmaker by the way just like as you are mm-hmm. so a lot of this stuff comes in there and so it's I just love it when somebody makes me want to come back because I got to know what happens next I feel like coming from film brings a lot to the medium really um uh, like even to the point of pitching something at a convention, I'm I know how to pitch ideas because I came from film where you have an elevator pitch ready in your back pocket at all times mm-hmm. for your idea. Mm-hmm. So I can walk up to somebody and give them a sentence and they know what my comic book is about. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's definitely I there's there's differences in writing for panels versus screen, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's there's more there's a lot more freedom in writing for comic books than there is for film. So <laughs> interesting. Now, of course, I got to ask you when you say that, if somebody came to you and said, "Oh my gosh, I love this comic. I want to make it into a, a, a film," <laughs> would you do that? I, you know, and would you, as a filmmaker, be able to turn that over to somebody else and let them make their film based on your concept? You know, honestly, I think I would be okay with handing it over mm. if. I knew something about who I was handing it over to. Honestly, I feel like comic books and film live in two different worlds. Mm -hmm. And to take a comic book and make it into a movie, it's something else entirely. Mm -hmm. So there's comic book movies I love because the way they're done as movies, Mm -hmm. not because they came from a comic book. Like you go read it, go read the comic book. If you want the comic book, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a totally different medium. Mm -hmm. It's, you take it in differently. And yeah, I, I would, I would still be able to tell my story through the comic book. Mm -hmm. So if they did something else with my idea and played with it and Mm -hmm. I, I would be interested to see what someone could do with it, honestly. So it's funny you say that because I have a friend of mine who, if it doesn't follow the book exactly, if it's not like a visual representation mm-hmm. of exactly what a book is, there was a oh, there's several movies and, and TV shows. He, he gets angry at the Arrow TV show because he wasn't called Green Arrow right from the start and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. He can't stand that. He wants it to be like the comic. But, you know, t- it's great that you're able to do that kind of thing. Look at it and say, you know what? I'd like to make this done, but maybe somebody else might have something that might, an yeah. interpretation that might I add mean, something to it. The funny thing is people say that, but then there's something you there's like the Walking Dead where they do whatever the hell they want mm-hmm. <laughs> to do mm-hmm. with that show mm-hmm. and it's great on its own. Mm-hmm. But the graphic novel or the comic books are great on as their own. Mm-hmm. So it's you have to be you have to open your mind up a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. when it comes to all this because there's great filmmakers taking these cool stories and making awesome movies out of mm-hmm. them. They're just completely different than the stories that are being told in the comics, which that's, hey, we we get two that way. Mm -hmm. That's how you should look at it. (laughs) Making notes, open his mind up. That would be a good thing to to ask him to do because, you know, when when you're 
it completely locked into something and it's got to be that way or it's a bad movie or a bad book or something like that that is something where you can't let the 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 things that you're doing move us along and that i think that's a big mistake i think that what mm-hmm. you're doing like if i sit and read your book and i expect go in there with certain expectations it's going to have to go this way or that way or it's not going to be a good story you, you're missing a great story if, if yeah. you do that uh and I, i've had a couple uh podcast people come back to me with reviews being like well we expected this and that and we didn't get that and like you're not explaining the science of it all in the first issue, so or you know, you know, and it's like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not uh, out here to explain the science of it all. I'm trying to tell a cool story mm-hmm. within a science fictional world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you, if you like it, you're you'll be along for the ride, you know. And <laughs> if you're if you're gonna look if you're gonna pick everything apart with the minutia all apart, then you might. You're going to find flaws in anything. Of course. So. I, you, I interviewed James Tyne in the fourth, who is, of course, a Batman writer. He was uh, sort of brought into Batman by, by Scott Snyder. And they did this weekly comic called uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, which he basically kind of ran it. And mm. it, it was a, a, a like a half-year-long thing. And, and 26 issues in, he finally started to reveal what was behind it. And he got all this criticism online. Because he didn't do it. And why didn't you do this in the first issue? Why did you make us buy 26 issues to this? And I, I asked him when I talked with him, I said, what was your reaction to that? And he laughed for the longest time. He said, it's the craziest thing to think that in the first issue I'm going to tell you everything. Why bother when I can tell you a good story yeah. that will keep you on the edge of your chair for like two, at least 26 issues thus far? You and, know, that's that's funny. That brings up a thing I was talking with some friends of mine about, and we were talking about Quentin Tarantino movies and how half of those movies, if you did, the, if you just played them in their actual chronological order, it would be a, a boring story <laughs> that would be predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to tell a story in a clever way you know we we've all heard these are all the same stories what there's some what is the saying that there's like five stories mm-hmm. which is just mm-hmm. how you tell them right what makes right. you a writer mm-hmm. <laughs> well just tell you see but it what's encouraging to me though is here you talk about storytelling you know because honestly that to me is what all this is about comics mm-hmm. movies you name it you want to tell a really good story and Definitely. so many people have lost that. I get a feeling like it's, you know, we're we're grinding things around for a long time while we just want to sell the book. You know, I, I gosh, I don't want to talk about any particular big companies, but there's a certain big company that makes me think of that. And I just, I don't care about that. Tell me a good story. You mm-hmm. know, and that's that's what, like, Alter Life to me is a good story. I, I'm, I'm dying to know what's going to happen next. So that's the kind of thing I want. I want somebody to tell something that makes me want to come back for more. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you feel that way. So. So, so, having said that, Alter Life. If somebody wants to get Alter Life number one right now, you know the Kickstarter is completed. How how do they get Alter Life number one from you? Well, at this particular moment, the only way to get Alter Life number one is by backing Zed. Okay. for the next day so when this plays, you will not be able to get it right now. Right. right. Um, <laughs> Can I contact my plan, you? Yeah. My plan is to get this out, and then I will be trying to get Alter Life out so people can buy it at least 
maybe on tablets and Kindles and digital okay. to start. And then we'll go for the, you know, mm-hmm. we'll go for the hard copies after that. But uh, I want to get it out there so people can, you know, get to a website and start reading the story one way or the other. Is that so. comiXology you're talking about? Um, maybe it, it, I'm kind. Of, it's kind of a toss up at this point. I'm trying to figure out who exactly I want to go with, mm-hmm. but uh, I I'm I've been so focused on the Kickstarter for the last mm-hmm. thirty days right, that right. it's just been that's gotcha. been my life. Right. So gotcha. Well, maybe this isn't the time to do that. But one thing we can do is people can keep track of what you're doing because you're out on Facebook, right? Yes. And you have a you have an Ultra Life page on Facebook, and there's also a Zed page on Facebook. Yeah. So maybe the thing to do at this point is to get out there and like those pages and follow those pages and as time passes and you, you recover from all these good things, you'll be <laughs> able to talk about how people can access these things. That might be Definitely. the best way to go at this point. So anyway, because I, I really love the book. I, like I said, I took it back to our hotel room after Wizard World Chicago that one day and just came back ready to say, wow, that was great, and try to set up an appointment to talk with you about all this good stuff. And it's a good thing. And, you know, this is, this is what makes going to conventions good for me, is I go around and discover wonderful things like Alter Life and be able to share them with people who I think should know more and know about these things. So, oh, thank so you. You're doing wonderful stuff. I, I am going to be very positive and say by the time this airs, Zed will have been fully funded, and you'll be moving on to the next thing, and all these books and, that you're coming up with are great fun to read, and we'll be able to access them, and I'll be able to write more reviews about your good stuff. As we go Definitely. I will be, I'll keep in touch with you, and we'll... If anything, if nothing else, people can keep following you to get news about me. You okay. know, so okay. <laughs> we can do it that way. Sure, that'll be great. Because if they're if they're if it's too hard to go find me on Facebook and all my comic books on Facebook and stuff, uh, you can we we'll keep this conversation going for them. Mm-hmm. Good. So, <laughs> good. I hope so. And do you have an individual page of your own as opposed to the comics? Um, I do not have an actual web page for myself, but okay. you, I mean, you can always find me on Facebook. I'm pretty open to friending anybody that wants to follow me. So okay. now let's, let's spell your last name. Cause it, it, it's, it's pronounced Tusat, but how do you spell it? It's spelled T H U S A T. Okay. So people, if you go onto Facebook and look for Caleb, which is spelled the way it normally is, and then look for Tusat and get up there. And I, I still think that alter life and alter has a hyphen in it, alter hyphen life, and mm-hmm. Z is all caps, as I see it. And so there'll be other things coming along. I would say if you, if you land on one of those places, you're very likely to be able to follow uh, Caleb in other places. So you're doing a great job, Caleb. Keep it up, and I can't wait to see what you got for us next. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. a wrap for this episode. If this weekend is a holiday one for you, have a great time, and even if it isn't, we'll see you next week. So until then, keep reading your comics. 
of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.